It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I'm really excited to talk to my guest today. Joining me is Mike Scher. Mike is CEO and co-founder of Frontline Selling, developer of Staccato Pro, which is, according to Frontline, the most effective way to engage with the B2B buyer. Mike, welcome to Accelerate. Oh, happy to be here, Andy. Yeah, great to have you. So, uh, sort of a skimpy introduction. Why don't you take a minute, introduce yourself, maybe tell us how you got your start in sales and how we got to the point where you started Frontline Selling. Sure, yeah. Actually, um, uh, maybe a little bit different uh, different path I took. I actually started with uh, went to school and started with an accounting degree, and um, uh, and then after school I, I went to school in Rhode Island and I got a job at a, at Fram Oil Filters, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and do, doing accounting there, and it wasn't. Uh, I knew pretty pretty soon it wasn't really. You know, it's good work, but it's not really wasn't for me. Uh, but fortunately, um, I, I, I actually, um, uh, you know, in my accounting work, I was, I was actually working closely with the sales organization because I was accounting for all the promotions because, mm-hmm. you know, nobody ever, you know, waits for the 2016 oil filters to come out, right? They look <laughs> kind of just like the 2015 oil filters. So there was a lot of promotional accounting that went along. So that gave me an opportunity to work with the sales guys. And it was really kind of fun and um, you know, kind of interesting. And, and I, I knew I didn't want to do accounting for the rest of my life. And I was said, hey, you know, you know, sales guys, they, you know, they're out on the road, they're building relationships. They're really trying to, you know, ask questions and help customers solve problems, even with oil filters. Right. And so, um, uh, you know, selling to distributors and, and talking about their businesses and how they can help them grow their business and things like that. And I said, Hey, you know what, that, that sounds real interesting. So, um, so from there, I actually sought out getting a sales job. And, and, uh, you know, my first, uh, uh, sales job was actually selling, you know, PC based software technology, mm-hmm. maintenance management software technology. And, uh, haven't looked back since. So selling it to whom? Uh, selling, uh, to, uh, to, you know, to, to businesses that had, um, you know, lots of plant and equipment. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. uh, maintenance management, preventative maintenance, that sort of thing. So uh, it might be a um, might be a utility. It might be a a, a college uh, a campus that has lots of you know building and equipment and things that they have to maintain. So it was software and technology to to help manage that. You know you know when things were due for for maintenance and get into predictive maintenance and all that kind of stuff to manage that entire process. And you said this was PC based. So were you out well, doing the developing your own prospects and? Doing the full cycle sales? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I was. I, I actually, I didn't. I didn't know there was any other way to do it. It was. A, <laughs> here's the here's the targets you need to go after, and it said, okay, well, you you know, so uh, they were not going to pick up the phone and call us, so you had to pick up the phone and, uh, you know, start dialing for dollars and getting appointments, and uh, I, you know, I think that was really more the 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 start of it, not that uh, you know, of ultimately you know, the foundation of ultimately what staccato has become. So what was the impetus then for starting frontline selling? Well, um, well, I did that. I actually spent a total of 18 years selling enterprise software 
and um, uh, and, and as I you know sell large ERP systems and mm-hmm. you know and and I was and I worked for bigger companies. I worked for a couple startups, and I happened to be really good at prospecting. I looked around the room and said, you know, and I was much better at prospecting than most everybody else. And, uh, and, and the idea came and I said, well, it kind of thought about what I was doing and what the others weren't doing. And I got that out on my, out of my head. I put it on paper, some ideas about some concepts of what really worked versus just doing it instinctively. And then from there we began, I, uh, I have a business partner began to study that problem. We studied that problem over time to really take the theory of what would work and then studied it down to, um, you know, actually study 1.8 million outreach efforts over a period of time to figure out the right answers to questions that salespeople con- uh, subconsciously ask themselves when they're, when they're prospecting or trying to reach out to people. Who should I call first in an account? What research should I do? Who, uh, let's say, you know, Andy's the person I should contact. Should I call him? Should I email him? What do I say in those calls, emails, voicemails? Those are all, and that's just some of them. Those are all decision points that a, a salesperson makes. And, um, it's interesting. Most people guess their way through the process. So we studied that problem and developed what it, what is now the staccato methodology, which is a, the, the right answers to all those questions and more. And then a piece of technology that kind of guides that guides you through the process, where the result is uh, you get in front of way more uh, um, way more targeted executives than if left to your own devices. Not five or ten percent more. It's dramatic. It's a hundred, two hundred, three hundred percent more times you get in front of the right person. Right. We're gonna get back to that because. I love big fat claims, and I always love to explore those. We, <laughs> and you've got some on your website, so um, it's not bragging if you can back it up. Exactly right. So uh, let's start more of a basic level, though. So you work with a lot of different companies. Is you know you you brought out some pain points that they are sort of stumbling blocks for a lot of reps. But so what what do you see in terms of prospecting? Those sort of the broad categories of of challenges that companies have when it comes to the B two B space developing new prospects because this is god there couldn't be more books written about the, any subject in sales and prospecting and so on and so forth and it's like yeah, okay got all this noise you know now people know cold calling yeah cold calling you know you you see it obviously so well, well what, if you think about it andy yeah if you think about it there have been countless books written on this right yet if you look at and there's countless tools and technologies out there more every day to help more every day and and if you think about it right you've you've been talking and working with salespeople for a long time if you go back you know three or four or five or seven or ten years ago the the big challenge was how do I prospect and how do I get in front of the right people um, so it's 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 not that the you know, the tools or technologies aren't good. It's just people just don't know how to use them. And so, if because if you look at it objectively, salespeople are no better off today as a group at prospecting and getting in front of people than they were three, five, or seven, or ten years ago. Well, and a hundred years ago. Or a hundred years ago, exactly. I mean, let's, and, let's make clear. I mean, you know, modern American sellings have evolved in the last decade of the 19th century. <laughs> we haven't gotten particularly better at it since then. 
Uh, until staccato. But it's still, well, it's still staccato, right? I, I want to make sure I qualify that just so people yeah, know. Okay. Until staccato. But, um, but yeah, and, and the reason is, is that, uh, and this is all part of this study that we did and all part of the theory is that, and, and when, I, when I went back and I said I looked around the room, what I saw was very talented salespeople who were um, imagined or, or were unaware of obstacles that were in front of them in one respect and imagined obstacles that were in front of them in another respect. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it, it is, and it is because primarily because of that perspective that the actions they take, um, are, are, are ineffective. And, 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 and to give you an example of, of, of a, an obstacle that they imagine is there, um, that really isn't is the, the evil gatekeeper, right? Most people think that the gatekeeper is there, the administrative assistant is there solely to keep them out. They're like the guard at Buckingham Palace, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and nothing could be further from the truth because the gatekeeper works. Who does the gatekeeper work for? Well, they work for the key player, the guy you want to get to, okay? And the guy you want to get to, um, he doesn't not want to talk to you, right? He's got, he, he, he may not know who you are. He may not have, you know, gotten up in the morning saying, I need to buy one of these today because he in many cases doesn't even know it exists, but he has the business issues and pains that you or your audience's solutions routinely and perhaps uniquely solve whether that key player consciously acknowledges it or not. So he, he, he doesn't have all the answers. He, he sources that information of how to run his business better, faster, cheaper, more effectively from lots of different sources, you know, uh, trade shows, analysts, um, you know, websites, whatever, but a key component of, of, you know, where they get their information from is from salespeople, right? Because salespeople can tell you what's new, what best practices are, what their competitors are doing. So the, the issue is, is that the key player should want to talk to salespeople and really does want to talk to salespeople. It's not that they don't want to talk to them. The issue is that they, they don't have enough. There's way more salespeople who want to talk to them than they have time that data you know, speak to, even if they wanted to, there's hundreds who want to talk to this key, the same key player you do yet. They only have time to talk to two or three or so in a meaningful way in a monthly basis. So the issue isn't how do I get past the gatekeeper? The issue, it's a subtle, but important distinction is how do I get the gatekeeper to choose me and the key player to choose me as one of those two or three people to let in versus the two or 300 other knuckleheads who are trying to, you know, prospect and do it poorly. So it's yeah, just a matter of being more effective at getting the attention and engaging them on that business issue that they're likely to have, whether they can't, what, you know, even if they didn't wake up in the morning saying they need to, you know, buy one of these today. Right. I mean, it's a great point because the thing is the gatekeepers know what the executive's priorities are. I mean, That's exactly. They, they not only know it, and, and the higher you go up in an organization above the power line, so to speak, um, and, 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 uh, within an organization, not only do they know what the executive's priorities are, but they know what the company's priorities are. So even if it's not that executive who is absolutely positively the right person, uh, they know who the right, you know, they know the right place to, to take you. Not, you know, there's, um, 
you know, the two big problems salespeople have in, in getting to the right decision maker, they talk about lots of things. People don't answer the phone, the list stink, um, you know, what do I say and everything. There's only two problems. There's lots of problems, but there's only two problems that, that matter. How do I find who's the right person who I should be talking to, who cares about the business problem I solve within this organization? Which is like- and once I find out his name is Andy, how do I get him to want to spend time with me? Those are the two problems. And if the salespeople would just focus on those two problems, they would figure out what I was able to figure out with Staccato. Um, because it, it, it is, it, it is if, if you sat down and thought about it, um, and, and you, Staccato is really just prospecting the way you would design it if you sat, sat down and thought about it. But you have to really understand and be disciplined about it. Okay. Lots of points to, to talk about there that you brought up. So how does this then, you know, this process that you're talking about with Staccato, and we'll get into the details with that because, you, you know, there's a, a method behind it that, that I think is, mm-hmm. is very interesting, is how does it overlay sort of with this current sort of inside sales environment we have that's very, um, well, once that's sort of quantity versus quality driven because yours is really a quality approach as opposed to a quantity approach. And um, also given that the fact that while these people that are making these prospecting calls really have nothing of value to add once they got hold of the executive other than trying to get them to talk with somebody else that supposedly has the value. Correct. So, so how, so, do, you, how do you work with so, that? Yeah, so first of all, I'll, 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 we kind of look at it a little bit differently of, of as versus, not quality versus quantity but more um, effectiveness versus efficiency. So a lot of these tools that are out there are all efficiency tools. They'll dial the phone faster. They'll email automatically, right? What the, that, that, that just accelerates uh, bad behavior <laughs> in yeah, a lot yeah. of cases if you don't know what the What's behavior is. What's what I'm saying. So how do you, how do you operate in yeah. that environment? Or, sure. or do you not so, have, so, are these not oh, your sorry. customers? No, no, those are those are uh, those ultimately become our customers because they struggle with getting in front of enough of the right people enough of the time. So, um, so there's um, the let's look at that through the lens of of a traditional approach. You mentioned the inside sales organization, right? Most people, Andy, if you were to ask them, believe in some sort of multi touch point approach. Um, and, but the way they action a multi-touch point approach is all kind of the same. They, they build by steal a list of contacts. They reach out to them. They call them. They email them, call them, email. And then occasionally Joe, the, the VP, picks up the phone and they have what I like to call the do or die death match. Right? And, we all know, <laughs> and we all know who usually wins that one. Right? Joe, you know, only the Harlem Globetrotters has, has a better winning percentage than Joe. Right? Um, and so the, um, uh, uh, you know, Joe does pretty well. And, and there, and it's so predictable why the outcomes are that way, right? It's 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 the list is never 100% accurate. It's not 90% accurate. It's not even even if it's 60 or 70% accurate, that means it's 30 or 40% inaccurate, uh, which means that you know a third of the time is a total waste of time and effort. But more importantly, is you can't make Joe pick up the phone anymore than he or she is going to, no matter how fast you dial the phone. And, 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 and you can't make them not be busy the instant before the phone rings, which means the person's always going to be at a deficit. So the whole premise, uh, so, so we don't have a better list and we can't make people pick up the phone any, any more than they go. We have no magical powers to do that. Right. But that's where the premise of staccato is, um, is, 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 uh, was, was sort of born is that, 
you know, is that every organization we looked and say, well, excuse me, let me take a step back. The reason why people look at the list, remember I said the two big problems Mm -hmm. are finding the right person and getting their attention, which is why people focus on building, buying, stealing a better list and getting Joe to pick up the phone. Okay. So we looked at that and said, well, okay, you can't solve those problems. What you, but what you can do is, uh, you can, you, if you leverage the organization you're prospecting into to help, to enable them to help you solve those two problems, you'll be way more effective. And what do I mean by that is that, and, and, and everybody in your audience uh, will inherently know what I'm about to say to be true is that every organization has its own formal and informal ways it socializes information. It's got its own three-letter acronyms, its own formal and informal social structures. If anybody in your audience has started recently at a new company, they know exactly what I'm talking about because they're they're learning the lingo of the company. We that is known through our study. There was this force that we found within every organization that was all about that that that's a formal and informal social structures that is known as the social DNA of an organization. And every organization has one and it's how they socialize information. And, and the interesting thing with staccato was that, that when we studied the, 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 um, we did this 1.8 study of 1.8 million outreach efforts. We found out that yes, indeed a multi touch point approach was absolutely the right approach, but not every multi-touch point approach worked equally well. Because what do you, what do you mean? Well, there's it could be bottom-up or middle-out. Well, specifically, Andy, a top-down multi-touch point approach worked dramatically better than any other multi-touch point approach. And the other things we learned about this through the study was that, that things like the order that you delivered the touches made a difference in the outcomes. So, for example, you read blogs on LinkedIn all the time, right? Should I should I call Andy first or should I email him, whatever? Well, definitively, the study said I should call Andy before I email him that that, that will yield you higher outcomes, right? And then the frequency and interval of what you followed up, all those things mattered, okay? But more importantly, it was touching by using a top-down multi-touchpoint approach, being very precise about what each of those touches are and delivering them in a certain order, what happened amazingly is that the social DNA of an organization would take over, and that organization, like we were talking about, the you know the, the the administrative assistant would begin to socialize my message and help me solve the two problems that we have when we're prospecting, finding the right person and getting their attention. Sally, the administrative assistant, would say, "Hey, that's that that's not for Andy. I'm going to go forward it on to Joe because he's the one who's struggling with that." With that business issue, and then the COO looks at it and says, "Well, that's not that's something I'm interested in. I'm going to send it off to my golfing buddy Joe." So what happens is, in a very predictable and repeatable way, by using a very precise top-down multi-touchpoint approach, you're able to per- perpetuate your message and solve the two core problems: finding the right person and getting their their attention. And what staccato is is not only the methodology of how to do it but a piece of technology that manages that entire cycle. Okay, good. So what you're really, for just trying to clarify it for people that are listening, is that, that what you're trying to create is an environment within the prospect organization, the target organization, where there are multiple people saying to you know, the, the person who cares the most, you need to talk with these guys. Correct, and, and that you're and, and, that you're building on the the internal referral effect, basically, 
is what you're creating. Um, and which, not so much the internal referral effect, but the social DNA of an organization, just the natural way that we as humans are going to socialize information. No, no different than on Facebook when you go to a good restaurant and you, you, you post it on your Facebook page. If someone, you know, because you thought, you know, one of your friends might, you know, your friends might want to hear about it. Well, the same thing in a business environment. If, you, if they're, if let's say you're selling supply chain software, for example, uh, right. And you, and, and you reach out to the CFO and, 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 you know, he's in meetings where the head of supply chain is talking to, or the head of operations is talking about, you know, how they need to streamline their supply chain. So if he gets something that's on supply chain effectiveness, he's going to naturally just forward it on more often than not to the appropriate person. It's just a natural way that, that people socialize information. Okay. All right. So less about, Hey, you have to talk to these guys more about, Hey, here's what's in the, here's what's in the air basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and by, by studying this phenomenon 1.8 million times and you, 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 you put these inputs in and you manage through that process, uh, it's a great point of leverage, right? Because, you know, salespeople are, you know, they, they always want to find out who the right, you know, they always say, who's the right person? I, you know, finding the right person is one of the hardest uh, things to do, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the right person within an account and getting their attention those are the two hardest things. And I look at this, Andy, and say, you know, there's mysteries and secrets in the world, right? The difference is, you know, mysteries, nobody knows the answer. Secrets, somebody knows the answer. Well, this is a secret, not a mystery. The, we may not know who the right person is, but all the people on the organizational chart within the, org, within the company you're, you're prospecting in, they know who the right person is. So you just have to enable them in a way where they're going to want to socialize that information and get you to the right person and promote your message, uh, uh, you know, in, in the process. So is there a danger? And this is, we're going to take a short break here in a second, but just sort of last question before that is, so is there, is there a danger that, um, sort of almost an anticlimax in the sense that, yeah, you've got the socialization going on within the organization, but then the first level of engagement comes with sort of, what in many respects is you know the least knowledgeable, least qualified sales rep in your organization, <laughs> the most junior person who's making that outreach. And so when they actually get hold of that person, maybe the expectations are such that he's thinking he's going to get more value from that interaction than he's actually going to get. Um, well, again, uh, uh, there's lots of interactions that happen that you know, uh, uh, and uh, you know, I don't want to give the impression that all that socialization happens through email or electronic communications. There's in that whole socialization, it's it's phone calls, it's voicemails, it's conversations with with Sally the admin, and then yeah, ultimately it's the conversation with with Joe the the key player. Well, and and, and yes, if if that person's not prepared for that eventuality, then you have there's there's a huge risk. So well, that's um, why I was asking a question earlier. Is, is well, and, but, your but customers, it's not limited. It's not limited to just the junior people, right? There could be guys who have been there 5, 10, 15 oh, years absolutely. Who, who are okay. So, so we teach and and the way we, and we deal with that and that's also so staccato is a methodology and a technology, right? And part of the methodology um, is a teaching component of how to handle all those situations. But we teach air, uh, we teach uh, salespeople to po prospect the same way we teach airline pilots how to fly airplanes. Right. Airline pilots don't learn how to fly on the job. No, at least hopefully. At, yeah. 
at least hopefully not on the planes you and I are on. They learn in a simulator. Well, I so, will tell you, though, the first flight that they take in a real plane, if they learn, is with paying passengers on it, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but they've been, they've been, in, the, they've been in, a, in a simulator before that, though. Absolutely. And, and they have a co-pilot. <laughs> but then, um, but then on, the, on the other side of it is, is so, so what we've done is because we've studied it 1.8 million times, we've actually taken an inventory and we, for, with each scenario that a salesperson can find them, themselves in, uh, in a prospecting environment, much like the airline pilot knows how to take off land, bad weather and stuff. And we built a digitized call simulator as part of staccato. So what happens is just like the airline pilot, when they face those difficult situations and handle them flawlessly every single time, our clients are able to handle that situation that you talked about flawlessly because they've been there before. And it's just, it's a phenomenal way to, uh, you know, cause we're, uh, you, you can, you know, you can, uh, we, we learn, you know, we're audio learners, we're visual, uh, 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 sure. visual learners, but this is a kinesthetic learning environment as well, where we build up the muscle men- memory, so to speak, to handle those objections and that situation flawlessly a hundred percent of the time. And that's how we, we mitigate that, that risk. Okay. Yeah. And I was, Appreciate the answer. I was, I was sort of driving a different point, which is helping the audience really understand what type of sales team can really utilize this. Because, um, you know, you've seen the statistics. You know, Gartner's done a study. You know, eighty percent of CEOs find no value in their interactions with salespeople uh, based on that <laughs> one study. So, um, and we know that as we see more companies moving into this, you know, sales development model with sales development reps who, you know, entry level position. You know, you've really developed this methodology for getting to the right person um which is is great but if in the hands of the wrong person you know you don't get the outcomes that you want so absolutely so absolutely. that's what i'm saying is, is is this really are you using are your clients more you know the account exec level using it as well and uh you know full life cycle sales people or do you see it in the inside model yeah so who's we it, it's it it's it, it's done a lot with the inside model where they're they're creating that first appointment, but they're working closely with the outside team where the where the more experienced rep is is executing that first meaningful conversation. Uh, so that's that's one one very common model. But uh, we have we have clients who just who use it for their inside business development folks. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just because they're inside in business development doesn't necessarily mean they're not necessarily experience. We well, find no, no, a lot it's, of good ones there. I was, I was talking and, specifically and, the SDR model. Yeah, the SDR model. Um, and, and, um, but, uh, but our, our clients are using it not only in the SDR world, but even in the field sales world. The, the only difference between a, unless, you know, pipelines are full, which a lot of companies aren't, um, is, it, you know, an SDR, the only difference is an SDR is going to use staccato eight hours a day, five days a week where a field set rep might use it one to two hours a day, two to three days a week. Uh, and, uh, and they would get, uh, proportionally or actually, you know, disproportionately more value out of it because of their skill sets. Um, you know, given the, the, you know, the amount of time that they're spending versus an SDR. Sure. So last question before we take a break and go to the last segment of the show is, is what do you see from the experience standpoint in terms of, you know, a player, B player, C player, does it help 
elevate the 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 level of performance of the B and C players? Staccato. Anybody, uh, virtually anybody, whether you're 21 years old or a 21 year veteran, you will by by taking the guesswork out of your prospecting outreach and following a a proven, repeatable methodology like staccato, uh, you will drive insane amount of outcomes regardless of 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 your experience level okay so insane level outcomes hold that thought we'll come back in just a second with my guest mike share hi this is andy connect and sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies including hundreds of technology startups and several fortune 500 companies to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Hi, welcome back with my guest on Accelerate today, Mike Scherer, CEO of Frontline Selling. And uh, now we go to the segment of the show where I've got some standard questions I ask all my guests. And the first one's a hypothetical scenario. And in the scenario, you, Mike, have just been hired as the VP of sales at a company that has uh, sales have stalled out and been flatlined. And uh, the CEO really wants things to get unstuck and turned around in a hurry. So your first week on the job, what two things could you do that would have the biggest impact? Um, the the first thing is to set the provide clarity and expectations in terms of uh, you know what the what the the job function is, uh, what the expectations are. If sales are flatlined, for example, uh, and there's not enough pipeline, then you know regardless of uh, uh, you know why you were hired or what your expectations were is mm-hmm. moving forward f- for in the best interest of the company. It's all hands on deck. So everybody's got to be willing to do whatever it takes. Um, everybody's got a prospect. Everybody's got to you know got to know the company pitch. Everybody and and, and you know everybody's got to have uh, you know those uh, uh, you know be ready, willing, and able. Uh, to execute because we don't have we don't have a lot of time uh, for you, you know for standing around. The second thing I would do is uh, uh, is then immediately look at the the sales tools and the sales process because uh, whether whether they have too many or not enough, make sure they have the right ones to, to do their job. Uh, you know. Salespeople are just like any other employees. Uh, you know, they want to be recognized for good work, which they get through their compensation. But they want to have the right tools to do their job. And when they, you know, when they don't feel like they're hamstrung, uh, that kind of that you know that creates an environment where you know they have a lot of support and 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 can execute uh, and and just be the excuse remover, right? Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. whatever barriers are there, take find out what those barriers are and take them away. Got it. All right, great. Um, so now I've got some rapid-fire questions. You can give me one-word answers, or you can elaborate if you wish. First one is when you, Mike Share, are out selling, what's your most powerful sales attribute? Uh, m- my two ears. Who's your sales role model? Oh, 
Oh, wow. Um, my father, he was uh, not necessarily in sales, but he, he just, he had just an amazing work ethic and whatever, you know, always instilled, said, whatever you do, uh, just make, you know, whether you're sweeping floors, be the best floor sweeper, whatever you do, do the best, you, the, the absolute best job possible. Got it. One book every salesperson should read. Oh, that's easy. The Joshua Principle by Tony Hughes. All my sales reps, every sales rep gets a copy of it. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, he'll, <laughs> we're recording this. Uh, so it's we got a couple of months shift, but just to let you know, Tony will be the guest on the show tomorrow. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, not even a plug. Um, all right. Last question for you. So what music's on your playlist these days? What music? Oh, it's all country music. Country my, music. Uh, my kids, I, I, I'm born and raised in, in New Jersey, moved down to Atlanta 13 years ago. I've My my kids are into country music. and um, So who's their uh, favorite? But, um, depends on who you ask, but, uh, you know, my girls, it's Luke Bryan, and my, my son, it's uh, Jason Aldean. Okay. Well, good choices. Good. Well, great. Well, Mike, thanks for being on the show. Uh, tell people how they can find out more about uh, you and staccato um you can uh you can you can check me out on linkedin uh mike sheer s-c-h-e-r uh reach us at uh, www.frontlineselling.com or you can call me on my cell phone 770-262-3009 excellent well great well thanks again for being on the show thanks for having me appreciate it and remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate a part of your daily routine, listen on your commute, in the gym, or perhaps make a party morning sales meeting. Because that way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Mike Scher, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.